everybody and welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is week 81 and you are listening to Club Red where we discuss all things Texas Tech sports. This week we've got baseball bouncing back against West Virginia, got a football spring game to discuss as well as some basketball roster news. But before we get into all of that, make sure you are following the Tailgate on uh, Apple and Spotify. Make sure you give us that five-star rating on both. And if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with a review there. You can also follow our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. You can follow our personal accounts, Dustin at DustinWimmer22, myself at Calvin B. Barrett. We also have a Facebook page where we do our live recordings uh, so you can catch the show live and be a part of it. We also have an Instagram page where we post some short clips and graphics from time to time. You can also follow our YouTube channel where we post videos from time to time on uh, short little clips from our podcast episodes. And lastly, you can email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. Let's get into this week's Club Red. We're going to start this thing off right. Dustin, so we got to go watch a little live baseball last weekend. It was my first time getting to go see the baseball team live. You've been to a few games, but... Was a doubleheader on Saturday. If you weren't paying attention, there was some weather issues Friday that pushed the game back, and it looked like we figured out the problem, Dustin, and uh, or how to get over the hump, and that's just have your two starters, your two best pitchers, pitch complete games. <laughs> uh, what did you think about that doubleheader sweep on Saturday? Yeah, we watched the first one. Andrew Morris threw a pretty nice gym. We had a you know, kind of flubbed around the third inning with some infield errors and, you know, just boneheaded plays. And then after that, he really settled down. The bats came alive to give us a lead. And, you know, Talog's just like, screw it, we're going to stick with them and save the bullpen, especially with a doubleheader on Saturday. And then Saturday night, obviously the bats really woke up and Birdsville had a really nice, comfortable lead for that whole game. Yeah, we had that little scare. I think it was in the third mm-hmm. inning, right? Oh, yeah. Your, they scored all four forgot. of their runs without hitting a ball out of the infield. Oh, it was a disaster. It was That's like a... couldn't throw the ball to home play, couldn't throw a pickoff. No. Uh, every worst nightmare you had uh, kind of came to fruition in that inning, kind of got the fan base restless. We're sitting there like, wow, you know, we just got there from the spring yeah. game and that happens. Like, should we leave? And then you follow that up with the inning that comes back and actually gets you the lead, Kurt Wilson, with the huge home run to tie the game, and then you were able to squeak it by. But, you know, you're able to get those two wins, and then the Sunday scary showed up again, and uh, you got your ass kicked on on, uh, Sunday. Yeah, that's – and I was thinking, like, just like you alluded to, like, maybe Sunday we need to have everybody fresh, like pitch, you know, two complete games on – our Friday, Saturday pitchers, and Sunday, no one else has pitched. Our bullpen is fresh. No, not the case. We still just completely F up Sunday really bad. And it's becoming – I don't – we haven't won a 
Sunday game all month, I don't think, or a game three. Um, we beat Kansas State. Okay. Uh, to get this. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know That's that the one only we had one. to claw back. That's the only one. Mm-hmm. And you had to win that off of Jace Young walk off home run in the bottom of the ninth, down by so, one. Yeah. So. And then obviously we're down yes. a, down tonight to ACU right now on a Tuesday night. So like, once we get past our one and two guys, like I don't know if our hitters know it too and now they start trying to press and they're messed up and everybody's just messed up by that point or what but it's obviously a problem and uh, it's not getting fixed obviously because we're almost to may yeah i don't know what the answer no. is because nobody stepped I don't up there is to prove that they can no and so this team is going to be uh, probably a quick out in the tournament, I would imagine. If you only have two pitchers you can rely on, that's not a recipe for success. So no. you might be able to win some of these series down the stretch because you have two really good aces. But beyond that, like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, we'll be lucky if we can win regional weekend. And then if we get past that, it's probably not much more. Probably an easy three-day weekend for somebody else. Yeah, I think our confidence is just kind of at an all-time low. And, and these midweek games that you're supposed to win, you can't even yeah. win these. You know, you lost to New Mexico last week and then, you know, ACU. Do you see they had an in-the-park Grand Slam? No. Wow. Inside-the-park Grand Slam. That's nuts. Um, yeah, so it's just for whatever reason, wow. beyond Birdsell and Morris, there's just no, no hope whatsoever. Yeah. So. Maybe Tadlock can find some magic. It doesn't look like it, but Dustin, what have we got coming up this week for Tech Baseball? Yeah, so a little midweek with ACU. It's going on. We'll see how that goes. And then at Baylor, um, they got a couple pretty decent players. Obviously, we're always just going to jump and look to Sunday and see how we can fare there. But if we want to stay in the Big 12 race, I think right now we're a game and a half back. Um, of the Big 12 Championship. So if we want to stay in that race, we obviously need at least two, if not three here this weekend. Yeah, so I hope your aces can go back out there <laughs> and throw complete games for you again, and maybe you can come out with another series win. Uh, but that's all we've got for baseball for you this week. Make sure if you you know tune in to watch them play Baylor and you know yet another big series and maybe – uh, maybe we can figure out a way to get a sweep or get some bullpen pitching something, going this weekend. Please. Uh, something would be nice, but you haven't had any of that. So uh, before we went over and watched a little bit of baseball, we got to check out the yeah. football team for the first time in the Joey McGuire era. Uh, the spring game was Saturday. There was a decent attendance for it. Uh, Dustin, anything sure. stand out to you? Uh, we were only there for the first half because we wanted to make sure we caught some of the baseball game, but we were able to watch all the quarterbacks and some plays and the defense. So anything that you thought of from our brief stint at the spring game? Yeah, quickly on the defense, and I'll come back to quarterbacks. Um, defense was flying around and pretty physical, uh, so that was nice to see. Um, you can tell there's, there's energy on that side. I think a lot of that has come from – the coaching staff, you know, one of Joey McGuire's big things at Baylor was, you know, take three and get turnovers, and that's a lot of energy and effort. Um, and you could see that for sure. Um, the quarterbacks, so 
I'm really impressed, honestly, with all three. I think we have a great quarterback room. You know, in previous years, I don't know, the last, what, five years, maybe a little less than that, our quarterback room hasn't been deep. And so if we get a guy that goes out, we're screwed from there. Even sometimes, you know, with Bowman, our starter wasn't even that much. Um, right now, Shuck and Morton and Donovan Smith all look pretty good. Donovan Smith didn't do a whole lot. Um, I don't know if that was just what the defense was giving him and play calling wise. Baron Morton really stood out pretty well with his reads and some of his throws. Um, even Shuck, with two interceptions, had a vast more of the volume out of these quarterbacks. If you look at the numbers, he went had 12 more pass attempts than the other guys and 11 more um, completions, more yards too. So I, I think it's kind of obvious that either he's more comfortable with the passing plays in this new offense – or he's just a little bit ahead in in all those aspects um, with the new Kitley offense. So I think Baron Morton kind of upped his game though um, in that room. And this summer, the late end of the spring and this summer should be a pretty good quarterback battle. I think. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. We kind of have a luxury with what we've got at the quarterback position. Like Baron probably came into this as maybe your third string, but I thought he looked. Yeah. There was definitely points of the first half where he looked kind of the most in control. Uh, you know, Shuck started it off with a pick six. I don't know if that was the receiver slow on his break or if yeah, I missed that play. the defender read it, you know, super well. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can definitely tell that he probably has the advantage with as much work as they gave him compared to the others. But I did think they were pretty conservative with Barron and, um, yeah. and making them run the football a little bit more. And then and Shuck was kind of throwing it around a little yeah. bit more. But the running game was good too. Yeah, running game. You got a lot of different running backs. Even Blake Bledwell, the white guy running back, uh, was Ooh, out the there. 25. Yeah, SMU transfer was out there running around. I thought Brady Boyd had a pretty nice little catch there in the first half. And from some reports, he's been a surprise of the spring so far. It might be a guy for you, but looks like you got a lot of weapons and. You know, the spring game, you always take with a grain of salt, right? Like, you know, the offense sure. isn't really running anything crazy. They're just kind of doing oh, some yeah. of the simple things. But I did like what I saw from the defense. Uh, like you mentioned, they were fast. They were getting to the ball pretty quickly. Uh, there wasn't yep. a lot of broken tackles. They were making a lot of plays. I think your secondary is pretty impressive. Uh, and I don't remember last time you were really able to say that with a whole <laughs> lot of confidence. But you got a lot of guys yeah. and a lot of size back there. You have some guys who look like dudes. <laughs> Uh, right. like they belong on the D1 Power 5 level. So um, so overall, I thought it was a good performance. And no injuries. So you, you'll you take that, and it was nice to be back in the Jones for – Yeah, it was fun to get there and just hang out. They were serving beer, so that was a plus for us. I uh, didn't know that they did that at the spring game, but, you know, got a good start to the day with there. So enjoyed getting to see some football in action. There's still a lot of time to come. Players aren't on campus yet. That'll probably be significant players for you uh, come fall. But always good to see the boys out there playing a little football. So uh, any parting thoughts on the spring game, Dustin, and um, another weekend of recruiting and landing some other three-star recruits? Yeah, I think you had a few guys in town, um, whether they already committed 
we're looking at it and you know friday wasn't very pleasant with how windy it was but saturday ended up being super nice for those guys ended up with two more commits um, for the next couple years um, so that was nice and then you ended up getting a receiver uh, the, earlier this week as well out of el paso so i mean the recruits never stop with joey mcguire so that's awesome but it's probably one of the last times um until i don't know probably august until we hit tech football again unless there's some drastic uh recruiting news or something so sit tight for your football tech football stuff for a couple months guys yeah sit tight on it we'll have to get creative once the baseball season ends and basketball kind of the nil and transfer portal kind of slow down and so maybe we'll do kind of what we did last year like favorite Maybe we'll do favorite players or something on football, try to get some guests on before the season starts as it hits slow time. But uh, let's go over and let's talk about some significant roster news for the Texas Tech basketball team. So, Dustin, last week, uh, all Texas Tech fans are familiar with it. We were teased a lot of information. We were teased uh, two news items that would be... (laughs) coming across our Twitters, our whatever sphere you look, eyeball emoji season as we named our last week episode. And we got one bit of information and it happened to be a piece of information that we were kind of certain on. So it wasn't all that like groundbreaking news or eyeball emoji worthy or what insert bomb, you know, hashtag that you got to do. But the news is... Significant in a way, Kevin O'Banner has committed to returning for one more year for one final season uh, with Texas Tech Red Raiders. He was kind of on the fence about maybe going and playing overseas, make a little money there, but ultimately decided to return for one more season so he gets some more Kevin O'Banner threes, some more Kevin O'Banner double-doubles for us. So that is really awesome and significant. We don't want to downplay uh, what that does mean for the roster. We love having Kevin O'Banner back. Dustin, what did you think of that news becoming official this week? Yeah, the official part is the key word. We've been hopeful for it and thinking it's going to happen for a while, but now he's there. It's literally a guy you had starting all last year and fairly reliable down, especially the last couple months, honestly, once he got oh, yeah. settled in. Um, so a huge piece there. I alluded last week to it as kind of like the Santo Silva two-year transfer. Like He's going to be a emotional leader and program guy and you know bring these because we got a good freshman class of like five or more guys maybe Um, we're not done with that yet so we have a pretty younger team next year so he's gonna have to bring them up and show them how things are done in the big 12 now you know we're not playing high school and aau ball anymore boys like this is how it's done in the big leagues and how, how you got to get offensive rebounds if your shot's not falling, keep playing defense, all those things. So huge, huge news for us roster-wise. Yeah, excited to have him back. Yeah. You know, you think his shooting might improve next year. Uh, it was one thing we were kind of expecting, and his numbers weren't necessarily there from three. But as he gets more comfortable being, you know, in the system around these players, he's going to be taking on yeah. more of a leadership role next year as one of the – holdovers so uh, excited to have him back and he's just a fun guy to root for a uh, really ultimately good guy looks like a fun guy to play with so excited for him to be returning uh, some other kind of roster news and tidbits you know we were expecting more nothing ever came through through it it's very quiet this week Dustin have you noticed there's not a- some of the some of the guys we listed last week have 
committed to other places. You know, Miami has really uh, opened the checkbook for a couple guys. They got two of them this week. And uh, I saw another one of our guys committed somewhere else earlier today. Yeah, so two guys that we had on our list, Tyreek Key, uh, he was in for a visit a couple weeks ago. He committed yeah, to Tennessee over the weekend. And then Norshad Omier is the player Dustin was referring to, who's a transfer from Arkansas State who committed to Miami today. And so those were two guys that you had on your board that committed elsewhere. Uh, now currently, uh, Fardwas Amik, mm-hmm. Amik, um, still we got to figure out how to pronounce that name, but he is currently in Lubbock right now. There's been photos of him at the Tech baseball game tonight, so he's here for his official visit. He's a player that we still feel pretty confident about. Um, Elijah Fisher, the 2023 kid who's going to reclassify oh, yeah. it. Reports we show that we're still feeling pretty good about him. And then today, the other uh, little piece of news that kind of hit is Davion uh, Harmon, the Oregon transfer, has officially hit the transfer portal. So. He was one of the big rumors last week that was going around. Of we had Harmon wrapped up and he was coming to Texas Tech, yet he hadn't entered the right. portal. So today he enters the portal. Uh, don't know if there's still any movement on that. I've heard we've kind of gone cold on him. Uh, the Twitter seems to be looking like this was good news. So take that for what you will. But he's hit the transfer portal. Uh, the, every player has till the end of the week to put their name into the portal. So um, once May 1st hits, things become a lot more clear for you, I think, once you know who can transfer or who's transferred and who's staying. So anything to add to all of that? (laughs) I saw another interesting transfer entry today. Former Texas Tech Center Josh Mbala out of Buffalo is back in the portal. portal (laughs) He had a couple good years in Buffalo. Um, When we had him, you know, three, four years ago, he wasn't developed. He was a very raw seven footer and needed to grow into a lot of things and up his physicality and speed and all that. And man, he had a double, double season and a close to double, double season last year. So um, he'll find a good landing spot. I'm sure. Yeah. He was one of those bigs that we got young and for whatever reason transferred out, whether that that was the former coach or was that they just, you know, wanted a little more playing time for whatever reasons. But, uh, he did ice likely the Oklahoma state point guard who we're all familiar with. He entered the portal today. Oh, Uh, so that's some news. And then one of maybe one of the most coveted transfer players entered today, Baylor, the South Dakota state kid. Baylor. Oh, I watched film on him yeah. today. Wow. He's got a lengthy <laughs> list of people who've already contacted oh. him. So uh, he just became the number oh. one transfer easily. If you haven't watched this kid, he's like a six two white six, guard. Six. He's six six. Six six, sorry. Um, but he can shoot literally from anywhere. Um I think he's left handed to um, step backs, pull ups from yeah. thirty plus and he's hitting, making, putting up double doubles. And in his game against Providence this year, like put up, I think eighteen and eleven or something like that. Like pretty close to that. I'm probably not right on, but yeah, pretty impressive film. Yeah, certified bucket uh, is what he is, and can create his own shot, which we need some shot creators on this team. So he would be someone to keep an eye on. He just entered, you know, entered recently, so. That one might take a little while to sort itself out, but 
that's kind of where we're at on the player development. Some other news with the basketball team, Coach Barrett Peary is leaving the program for the same position at UNLV. Texas Tech and UNLV have had some history over the past few years, ever since, you know, Chris Beard left him to come here. And then, um, what was that, Joel and Twombe, the transfer from there, now Barrett yeah. Peary goes to UNLV. I don't really think it's a rivalry between the universities. It's more between the Twitter fan bases uh, yeah. kind of where the rivalry lies. But any thoughts on Barrett Peary? And the reporting on it hasn't been super clear. It's kind of like maybe That's him and Adams were button heads. Maybe, you know, he thought he had a chance at taking over coaching here later on and wasn't guaranteed that. I'm not real sure on what the reasoning is, but what have you heard and what are your thoughts? On yeah, that's what I was going to ask is what, like, why the move? Because he's going for the same position, but it's obviously at a lesser program and lesser conference. Yeah. So I would think, I mean – He's a West Coast guy, but I don't think this does anything for that. I mean, honestly, but um, maybe it was a coaching philosophy like uh, headbutt with Adams. Yeah. I don't know if there's any any beef or anything, but maybe he thought you know he was going to be able to implement more things, or this or that was going to go his way, and it didn't. Whatever, but I I doubt that. I mean, I don't know for sure, but if there was any bad blood there, but. Maybe he is just trying to get back to the West Coast and he's just working his way over there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know either, and it might be a little bit before all that information comes clear. But it would make sense if he thought he was going to have a little more control over the offense and really didn't yeah. get that. You know, one of the big things that we talked about here when we hired him was just the pace his offense kind of went when he was at Portland State how many shots they put up, and he didn't really see that translate. So yeah. um, it would make sense if he wants to have a little more hand in the offense and he just wasn't getting what he yep. thought. But, you know, ultimately seemed like a good dude, repped the tech hard uh, while For I was sure. here. And so uh, wish him luck in his uh, journey over to Las Vegas. But a uh, position will need to be filled, so we'll keep an eye out on that and uh, let you know once we've got that position filled. Another coach that we have hired is Mark Adams' son, Luke Adams yeah. is taking over a role here. So if you're unfamiliar with where Luke Adams has been, he's at, uh, been at New Mexico Junior College over in Hobbs. Just a little 30-minute quick trip for me uh, for the last couple years, and now he's taking on a role with the, the Texas Tech basketball team. Any thoughts on uh, Luke Adams joining the staff? That's a good addition. Um, so, yeah, he's been out at New Mexico Junior College the last three years, and he brought them out. He, he made them pretty good the last few years. Yeah, so for great. SPC's sake, since I work out there, I'm glad to see him go. Uh, he was also – he was spent a year at SPC coaching as well. Um, so he's been under a few guys and made a program good as himself. And so I know he can coach and obviously has his dad. He's been under a good coach out at SPC before. So another good, good brain to have around the office on the court. Yeah, and if you've been paying attention to recruiting, he's been – He's been added on the recruiting trail for us too. Like if you pay attention to social media likes, like he's kind of a guy to pay attention. If he's following somebody, it might be a guy that we're going at. Yeah. So officially now on, under his uh, father, Mark Adams, who news broke today and it's kind of been talks for a while, but officially Mark Adams gets his extension finalized and his extension pushes him through the 26, 27 season. So, 
one year, the most wins by a Texas Tech coach ever in their first year with 27. So, uh, Dustin, what are your thoughts on the extension after the first year? Um, are you are you okay with it? We've had problems with it in the past. Uh, of course, different circumstances when it comes to football, but I think this one's okay to do. Um, you know, extend them for the next what four or five years, yeah. but because he's a older guy that's also a tech guy and doesn't want to leave and yeah. not like previous coaches. Um, and so I think it's a good move and it's a stable type of move. Yeah, I think it's a great move. I, I'd seen some people when the first reports kind of started coming out that he was going to get extended, like hope it doesn't end up like football. Football is a completely different sport. There's a lot of holdover from the prior coaches. Coach Adams came in and completely had to rebuild a whole team, a whole staff and everything, uh, and was able to do it and take you to the Sweet 16. So yeah, uh, I think it's well-deserved. The confidence is obviously there, the belief's there. And we're in on a lot of you know important transfer portal recruits. And while we haven't landed some of them, uh, I have the confidence that we're going to land some pretty good ones and be right in contention again next year. And really, that's what you want is you want to be able to compete, yep. and he gives you that chance. So uh, excited for him and his family at this time in order for him to get that. That's pretty cool. Uh, and like you said, he's a guy who really wants to be here. So uh, you got to re- reward those guys who love Texas Tech and want to give it their all. But that's all the news that Scott right now. Anything else that you want to discuss? Anything else that's popped up maybe – here that you want to get off no not that i can think of i think we hit all the all the good tech stuff all the good important tech stuff for this week uh we hoped to bring you guys a guest this week but some things fell through on that but uh we're here as always to keep you up to date with all the latest tech news so make sure you're following us on apple and spotify so you can catch our club reds each week uh, we try to drop them on Thursday nights or Thursday mornings for you guys. That way you have a couple days to listen to them before the weekend. Uh, make sure you're following our social media accounts at tailgate underscore talks on Twitter. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And we will catch you over at the tailgate for some NBA playoff and NFL draft coverage over there. Uh, but that'll do it for Club Red. Later, guys.